Hello, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren and episode 47. I'm in the mood for a bit of chilled free time again. This time I've done done free time once or twice in the past and it's kind of like just listening to some chilled beats in the background and just shooting the breeze with a few ideas about relationships. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to talk about the bystander effect. I'm going to talk about contingency planning and we'll just see where it goes. So here's the question. For those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights reel on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. So apparently, back in the day, there have been examples of events where, like, for example, true stories. One of them that I was told about when I was in psychology class was that somebody was getting mugged, uh, you know, at gunpoint in, in the middle of like a crowd, right? There are heaps of people around. And what happened was nobody came to this person's rescue, even though there were hundreds of people everywhere. And this is this is a story that uh, my lecturer was using to illustrate this concept in social psychology called the bystander effect. And they had heaps of examples of true stories where people just left people to it when they were, you know, like dying um, being mugged, terrible stuff because of this bystander effect which is you can probably guess from, from the context it's when there's lots of other people around and so people just kind of think oh someone else will help them and they don't help them and I remember learning about that and thinking oh my gosh I'm never going to do that, like if someone's in trouble and there's heaps of people around I'm just I'm going to condition myself now, I'm just going to go and help them you know and so I've kind of always I remember kind of making that decision in my head and I think I've always sort of carried it with me and almost done it a little bit too much in some circumstances where I stand up for things, you know, a little bit too quickly. <laughs> I'm always kind of the outspoken one. If I see anything that's kind of wrong and that, you know, like morally, that's not right, you know, I kind of just can't help myself from not saying anything <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, so if you're ever in trouble and there's lots of people around and I'm around, don't worry, I'll, I'll help you out. Anyway, but it got me uh, this this week. I was thinking about it because I think it happens in relationships as well, and that's when there's just two people around. But it did happen. It did happen. Something happened to me this week where there were a few of us, but it was just it was just my family, and it was my my parents have this this new dog that they're kind of. Uh, it's a rescue dog that they, that they they wanted a dog and they got a rescue dog and they've got this dog that's in their house now and it's been for a, about a month and it's a big dog and they're like old and not very strong people and it tends to like kind of getting its teeth around your arm like if you're patting it on the head or something it just kind of moves its head around and tries to kind of bite you and my father's like, you know, that's it's play play biting and we have to really stop it. But, you know, I can understand she's just kind of trying to play. She's still young and stuff. And, and but my mum, poor lady, she's got this really thin skin. 
And you know, they're like in their 70s. And so every time this happens near my mum, she ends up with this hole in her arm from this dog's teeth, even though she's not really biting that hard, but it's just it just goes right through mum's skin and she gets these horrible wounds. And today, not today, a few days ago, we visited them and we, we, we've been in lockdown uh, for the week in Auckland and, and so I asked my parents if they would kind of join our bubble so that I could have a little bit of help looking after the kids so I could do some work every now and then and so we went and visited them and I was trying to get my older daughter to kind of say hello to this dog and they're kind of a bit scared Kind of they kind of know what it's been doing to my mum my and, um, and anyway they're kind of scared of big dogs anyway not through they're just not used to they're not really exposed to dogs much and so I was trying to get my older daughter to come kind of closer and try and sort of pat it or something and my mum was holding the leash holding this dog by the leash and so I was I was kind of showing my daughter like look can you just go and you kind of pat her and I was sort of going there with my hand and letting her sniff and then she just turned her head all of a sudden and just went snap and got my mum's arm and you know two holes just really quickly all of a sudden in her arm and so um by that time I'd kind of stepped back a, a, a bit again but I rushed forward and I was like right out the door with you and I just kind of pushed the door out the, the dog out outside and sort of closed the door and mum kind of you know helped me but she had a sore arm and stuff and meanwhile my dad was standing there like kind of you know even behind me further behind just watching and watching to see if my daughter would go and pat their dog and when when the dog bit mum he just he didn't even do anything he just stayed silent did nothing and just hung back and I just kind of thought wow you know like that's that's a bystander effect even you know for his wife when his wife's been injured and it's like you know oh there are other people around who can take care of it and even just he just let her go upstairs and sort herself out and and you know like find bandages and and stuff like that and even my daughter went to try and help my mum I was just so shocked that he didn't like kind of stand up for her and it's like I shouldn't really use that as an example because somebody will know him and they'll know that I said this uh, um, on here but I just was like you know I reckon that we do that in relationships too like even when it's just us two by ourselves there's still another person around you know like and if one of us is in trouble then it's kind of like you can take care of yourself sometimes you kind of just you have this sort of thought in the back of your head like uh, oh you're not really in that much trouble I'll just hang back you can you can sort that out for yourself you're an adult you know you know where the plasters are kind of thing <laughs> and um and I just think like you know what what a difference it would make um if in situations like that you know we like were over eager to to help and like you know jump up can let me get a plaster you know like really over caring in that situation and and how you know I wonder how much more loved someone will feel when we really go overboard with trying to look after them if something if they hurt themselves or something like that I don't know it was just a thought and I say that for myself too I mean I know that if Josh hurts himself or whatever I don't necessarily jump up and rush to his aid either I'm like you're a man you're strong you can probably sort it out and I don't think that consciously but I'm sure subconsciously that's going on, but so I'm, I'm also talking about myself here, <laughs> wondering if I could do that a bit differently, what a difference it would make. Yeah, anyway, um, and this week Josh has been having a few 
I guess, frustrations at his work. He's um, taking a break from being a pilot, obviously, and uh, in doing project management for uh, for a renovations company, and is having a few problems with there not being really any contingency when they when they quote for the project. So it kind of gets passed to him after the salespeople have done their job and they're kind of trying to keep the cost down as much as they can so they don't they don't quote for a contingency so then it gets handed to him and then when in, whenever there's a problem that comes up and they haven't been able to quote for it because either they didn't know or they quoted it wrong or something like that then he's got a he's got to scrounge around trying to find other ways to save money because that's like a fixed price contract and he's kind of always sort of always in the between a rock and a hard place trying you know trying to not not there not be any extra costs and um and so he's kind of like saying you know we need we need a contingency in all these projects especially renovations where you don't know what you're going to get you know when you bust a wall down or or whatever and um and again i was thinking about it with my relationships lens and thinking (laughs) um you know this lockdown week has been quite hard for us on our relationship too uh just no time to you know even really talk because during the day oh, I really need to look after the kids because Josh has to do his, his projects they're still going on they have one person on site at a time doing various building things and and so he can't just sort of put the phone down and not work and uh, and so I'll be doing my work at night so as soon as the kids are in bed then I'm working and we really just haven't been able to catch up much and so if there's anything stressful that's going on it's kind of hard to deal with it because you sort of just at the end of your rope, you not you haven't got any, you haven't got any sort of you know leftovers. But you know, in the times where it's not lockdown, so we had a, a three-day lockdown maybe a couple of weeks ago, and then sort of a week and a half off, and then another week of lockdown. And I think in that week and a half off, we were just so appreciative of not being in lockdown anymore that we really, we really put some yards in to try and spend some time and to build up some some fun times together. And I think it really helped because then when we went into lockdown again, even though we were drained and I got quite tetchy at one point and Josh got quite tetchy and but it didn't it was kind of like water off a duck's back, you know, it was upsetting at the time, but then, you know, a few hours later or the next day it was just gone. And and it wasn't a problem because we've kind of when you get the opportunity to, to build each other up and to and to add niceness into our relationship, then you know, we really try to. And I was reading this article maybe a week and a half ago and uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the guy. It just sort of came up and then it sort of went again and I think I deleted the email, I can't find it. But there was this relationship counsellor who was saying, oh, I think he was a divorce lawyer and he was saying, you know, if I can just give one piece of advice to anyone about how to keep their you know their relationship from getting to divorce he said i've just got four words for you love is a verb and you know that's quite um you know like everybody there's, there's plenty of people saying love is a verb and you can buy a t-shirt that says love is a verb and we you know we talk about um in our marriage stuff as well about how you know love is a doing word and it's not just a noun but you know like um, the fact that he said you know if people would just take the time every now and then or often to do love to each other you know like and and this is where the, the love languages come in really handy so if you know your partner's love language just pick one of them and, and then just do it every now and then like uh, 
Or if you don't know your love languages or your partner's love languages, you can just go to fivelovelanguages.com and, and sit a really short, quick survey and find out what they are. And, and just doing those things every now and then, you're kind of like adding to the bank account. And, you know, that, that kind of like, you know, puts it in positive so that when you have something unexpected that comes along or a lockdown or, a, you know, a hard sort of week or something like that, you've kind of got that, that kind of equity built up that you then you can kind of draw from and it doesn't get too bad or if you're running on empty a lot if you don't have any contingency then anytime something hard comes up in your relationship it just rubs you raw and it makes it that much harder to rebound back from it so yeah I think you know contingencies can also apply in our relationships too I think that's all I got for today you know, just a couple of thoughts there. Bystander effect. Are we being a little bit bystander effectish in our own relationships, even when there's just two of us? And uh, do we have contingencies in place? Have we built up some equity when times are okay and when times are easy and when times are good? Even when times are good in between, when times are bad. <laughs> if you have a good day in between, a few bad days. Take the opportunity. Put in some credit. Build it up. And... Um, then it's a little bit easier for you to deal with it when things get a bit hard. So I hope that helps. I hope that's encouraged you. And I hope you have an awesome rest of the week. I'll catch you next week. Kaki te.